Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Happy Hour. This is episode number 391, which, you guys, May is birthday month. I had a birthday. The Happy Hour has a birthday. Lindsay has a birthday. Abby has a birthday. One of my kids has a birthday. And I cannot tell you, the true fact is that there is no way I could have ever imagined seven years ago saying, hey, welcome to episode 391. You guys, this has been such a fun journey and you're a part of it. Thank you for listening today. We are almost to the end of our school year. My kids have one week and one day left. And let me tell you, all six of us in our house are excited about that. Another thing I'm excited about is today's show. Did you like that transition, guys? Today's show is a good one and it is a long time coming. Today, my guest is Natalia Con Rivera, and she is an Argentine Armenian American, born in Argentina and raised in Los Angeles, California. She's a Bible teacher. Her Bible love for God's word and knowledge will come through today. She's a writer and a speaker and a teacher and a coach. And she released a book early in 2019, which is why this interview is a long time coming, called Hermanas a little bit about the book. She tells a little bit about how this book got started and where the idea came from in the show. So I'll let her tell you that on today's show, we spent a lot of time talking about how much God loves all the different ethnicities that are in this world. And, you know, race has been a big conversation within the church in the last couple of years. And I love the way that she talks about what it's going to be like in heaven. And I know that's going to be an encouragement for you today. We also talk about what her family history and culture, how that has shaped her. How has it shaped her as she ministers? to those around her? How does it shape her as she tells you about Jesus? She's a coach and she loves to encourage women to listen to the voice of God. We talk a lot about that today and I was extremely challenged to have ears that hear the voice of God because he's talking, she says. We also talk about her passion for the Muslim community and how she's learned to love them better and she encourages us to do the same as well. Guys, before we get to the show, I want to tell you that we have show notes every single week and you can find them like today. You could find it by going to jamieivy.com slash HH391 because that's the episode number that we're in. On those show notes, we link all of the books that we talk about. And Natalia gives us some great book recommendations today that let me tell you, I've already ordered. They're in my shopping cart. They will be bought by the time I get home today. But I want to let you know, we link those there for you so you don't have to do all the guesswork of what was that book called or who was she talking about? It's all over there there for you. Speaking of books, you guys, my husband Aaron and I released a book, Compliment, The Beauty of Choosing Together Over Separate in Marriage. And we are big fans of marriage. We don't think it's the ultimate gift or the best gift from God, but we think it is one of them. And so we love encouraging people of how they can compliment each other in their marriage. You can also get that book wherever books are sold. You guys, you're going to love the conversation that I had today. So here is episode 391 with my new friend, Natalia. Natalia, welcome to the happy hour. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. 
This is a joy to have you on. And I told you before we started is that this is long time coming because I think that you released your project, your book two years ago or mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been on our radar for that long. And I guess we just have to say that we trust God in his timing. And we're happy that you're on in May of 2021. So welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. This is exciting. Oh, my goodness. So, so very excited. Okay, so introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. My name is Natalia Cohn Rivera. I'm 40 years old, Christian woman, wife, mother, and basically a speaker, coach, fundraiser. Really love to see the word of God come to life for people. So I love, love, love teaching training on the Bible and all ages, but particularly college, because I've been in college ministry for 17 years. And then uh, women, those are my two groups. I love that so much. To tell you this last weekend at our church, we did baptisms and I love baptisms. Uh I mean, it's just like, I can't not cry. I'm just so excited. Mm -hmm. They have the people kind of read like a little bit of a story, like, you know, this was my life and Jesus. And now, and there was this one girl, her name's Sydney. I haven't met her. I really want to have her on the show because I just was sitting there watching. She got baptized. She's a college girl at University of Texas. Mm -hmm. And then Next thing I know, she's baptizing the next four people. Like these are all her sorority sisters and she's just baptizing them one after another. And I was like, college kids make me so happy. And so I'd love to hear that you were working with them for so long. Yeah. You also, you have a toddler. Yes. 20 months today. 20 months. Name is Mikey and he is big. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Is motherhood, is it more or less or different or the same? What did you expect? Well, I came in pretty late. I was telling you before I got married at 37, got pregnant two months in. I think if I was 20 something, it might be like, oh yeah, let's have many more. I'm, you know, 40. So I would like to have some more, but we'll see. It's man, seeing getting to pray over him. And I'm just crying kind of every other day, just praying over him and what his life is going to be like. And even seeing God answer my prayers for the little motherhood moments that, you know, are like, please calm him down or please let him nap in the car. Like the little things that you just need the Holy Spirit's help on. I just get to see that. So I love it. It's colorful. It's not three-dimensional, not four-dimensional. It's like 80-dimensional in terms of, (laughs) but I do really love it. And he's so, such a great guy already. Such a great guy. But he's got these eyelashes that are killer. And all these women are like, he's going to be, I was like, oh no, he's not going to be a heartbreaker. Mama's (laughs) going to teach him not to do that. That's exactly right. Integrity. So he's going to be one of those guys, whether he likes it or not. I love that (laughs) so much. Now I mentioned your book. Can you tell us a little bit about this project that you were a part of? So this is a book called Hermanas, and it's basically is InterVarsity Press, which is a company we work for. I'm an InterVarsity staff worker with college students. And InterVarsity Press asked us, came to us and said, we want a book for Latina women. We just want a book for Latinos. We have 12. We'd like to double it in two years. They did a lot to demonstrate that and to say like we, the Latino college, it's the biggest growing group on college campuses. But we also just, there's not a lot of resources for Latinos in general, specifically Latino women, absolutely not. And so when they tell you in your book proposal, well, who's your competitor? List oh, wow. it. You're like, we had nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was surreal and sad all at the same time. So this book basically was inspired by Hannah 
the, the woman in the Bible and Samuel, she was my mentor. And I, from 25 till I got married, she was like my singleness mentor. Mm. I did singles conference conference for singles, which by the way, is way hard to get people to conference for sex and dating. No problem. (laughs) But conference for singles was hard. We prayed every single one of those 147 participants in. And so she's been my girl, like the Holy Spirit just used her. And I just recognize that there's just not a lot of people who call themselves mentors or even know how to mentor. And so I was like, why aren't these ancient people in the word of God are mentors Mm. right now? Joseph is mentoring me through finances. I mean, that's his main ministry is finances over Egypt and Israel. He's covering, he provides the covering with the Lord. And so like different people and different series times of your life, the Holy spirit, I think brings them up a lot. So she was my mentor for many years 12 years. And so then I was like, why let's do this book. And so I, my friends joined me in a varsity press was like more voices, the better. So yeah, it was a four year process and it is like giving birth. If you've heard authors say it's like giving birth, it truly is, but longer, longer yes. than 21 <laughs> hours, longer. which is mine. Yes. Yeah. but it, it is like a child. And so this basically came out the month I got pregnant with my baby. So it was wow. like a Okay, one baby came out and then another baby's yeah. coming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, one thing I do love about InterVarsity Press is they are creating and putting out so much great material that is multicultural and has different ethnicities represented. I'm a big fan of what they do. I get their magazines. I'm always like circling the books of people we want to talk to. And so I love what they're doing. You can pass that on to the people over there. Now, I want to talk with you a little bit about your family. And I do know that you have a lot of cultures represented within just your your family with you and your husband and then your extended family. And you told me about your grandfathers, how both of them had to overcome so much hardship to get even where they ended up. Can you give us a little background into how your family came together? Because I think it's so beautiful. Yeah, I love history. I love I was a political science major. And it's beautiful to see how God has history with us, even before we were born, Mm. but he has history with the people before you, even if they're not Christian, you know, and in the Bible, there's so much about genealogy and history. So like just knowing where I came from, I never met my grandfathers, but one was fled the Holocaust. He was Jewish and became a believer in Argentina, fled to Argentina. And it was Russian Christians who gave him the Bible. For the first time and Mm -hmm. he went home read it and became a believer and then married this incredible woman of uh, like believer uh, loving jesus like crazy my grandmother Uh, they had 13 boys and no girls oh my gosh um yes and so that most of my family is in argentina but you know jewish like ancestry all of that stuff's important and my last name is jewish my maiden name and so it means priesthood king And then my mom's side is Armenian and they fled the genocide. Sole survivor was her father and should have died nine times and didn't. And he went to Ellis Island, came through Ellis Island 19, but it started when he was 14. Dressed up like a woman to survive while he saw his mom and grandmothers and aunties beheaded. He had a sickness, tuberculosis, I believe. And he fainted and they thought he was dead. So they let him go. And it was Turkish gypsies in tents that raised him for two years, healed him, helped him come back to life. It was Turkish gypsies. And so his story is amazing. And so I grew up with both of these grandfathers and then their kids, they're complete opposites. My parents' personalities, one has an accent. I mean, they're both immigrants. 
one was born in Argentina, you know, I'm born in Argentina, but they had this huge thing brought them together was Jesus and their family history with Jesus and how important Jesus is. And because both had to come to life in Jesus in new ways or put their lives on the line for Jesus. Right. Mm. So it's been so incredible for me to grow up in this and to just go keep praying for the next generation, keep praying for the next generation. I was going to ask you, I mean, it makes me think when you know your family history, and I think we've lost so much in knowing where our family history, you know, not some cultures, but I mean, my mom gave me a binder for Christmas, like literally Natalia is like this thick and it's just family history. And I, wow. I thought this is the greatest treasure you've ever given me because we just lost that somehow. But how does that knowing where your family has come from and what your ancestors had to go through to get here. And you know more about Jesus because of their faith. How does that change the way you parent, the way you teach women, the way that you want to coach women, the way that you read the Bible? What does that do for you? I think for me, it's as Jesus comes back, darkness is going to get darker and light is going to get lighter. Like we just know it's going to get shaky and we've been experiencing it our whole lives, right? It's just going to get more turbulent. And so as the next generation, like I need to be stronger than my last generation. I believe that that's like my prayer, like that my faith would be stronger, not in terms of impact, but I just like a light where I go. Right. Mm. And then I pray for my son. He's got to be stronger than me. Yeah. Like the next gen's got to be stronger. Mm -hmm. We're like raising Jedis right now. Yeah. You know? And so like, that's like my, and I'm just getting so emotional. (laughs) Sorry. I thought it was, I'm not going to cry on this podcast. Um, But just thinking about light being light, right? Mm -hmm. We really truly need to be light. And so that's how I think about women. So much of the time we've been told, kind of watch the men do their thing, you know, in church. And I don't know how many women I met, and I'm sure you're going to get there. So sorry, but like, oh my goodness, they don't know women in the Bible. Mm. That's who I've been kind of, I've been teaching on the 43 legit women in the Bible, not all of them yet, but like my mom who grew up in Christian church her whole life. She's like, not the, and Natalia, I don't know who Mary Magdalene is. Mm. Let's go for it. Like yeah. teach me about Mary Magdalene. She's helped me with this book so much. Mary's not in this book, but if there would be a sequel, just different women. And, you know, men don't usually like to talk about women for some reason, these, the, the male pastors mm-hmm. as much. So like, you don't get to hear them get their like airtime in church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we could learn so much from the bleeding woman or so much from the Seraphonician woman. And so like, I just think like women helping build up other women, which they totally did back then, right. In their communal way of living. Yeah. And so why aren't we doing that now? And so like, that's a short answer to your great question that I feel like I could talk about forever. So I'm going to stop right now. Well, I love that because it does, it changes you and challenges you. And then that you're putting forth the work that is now, you know, getting in people's hands and they'll be able to read it and learn more about these women. I know one of the things that you're super passionate about is your coaching that you're doing of women and encouraging them. And you said something, you said you want them to have faith that can move mountains. You want them to really experience Jesus and just not know about him. What does that look like for you as you walk through mentoring women I mean, I guess I want to know, like, what are you seeing some of the hangups? Why are you seeing that women are afraid to have that profound faith that Jesus tells us to have? I think it comes down to faith. I think it's from a word we don't use very often anymore and that I'm trying to like bring back to life with the power of the Holy Spirit. Like everything it says, faith moves mountains. You can't please God without faith. Faith comes by hearing. I mean, these are just some of the scriptures on faith. 
And I feel like I'm just there to fan the flames. Like, and a lot of that is hearing his voice, right? John 10, you are my sheep. Sheep have a hundred percent hearing, but are 99% blind. He didn't just use that because it would look cute on a felt board for kids growing Mm up. Sheep and shepherds huge. So like, that's a big deal. It's like, we're meant to hear his voice. So like, how does faith move mountains? You need to hear him. You need to be cultivating and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. A relationship is like where you're talking and he's talking and you're listening. And so it's not about being a Pentecostal charismatic or whatever. It's about like, I am a believer. I have the Holy Spirit and you talk to them since Adam and Eve, but like Abraham, like you talk to them. So I expect in the 21st century, as you're coming closer and as things get crazier, I need to hear your voice. And so I really coach women on hearing God's voice Mm. through different, not just women, men, uh, staff within a varsity is how do you hear God? Their mountains will move. Miracles will happen. People will be healed. People will come to faith. Like it's just, I'm a fundraiser. I teach people how to fundraise. You will see God provide for you when you don't think when you're up against a wall and you Mm. can't see how the bills are going to be paid. And so... So someone's listening and they're like, okay, Natalia, sign me up. I want to hear from God. How do I do this? Because there's so many things like, you know, our brains are so much going on, all the things and we can move so fast and all the things that we can miss that voice. And, you know, the thing about the sheep that you're talking is like they knew their shepherd's voice. You know, they knew who to follow. What does it look like for us women right now? I guess even you telling them, hey, you can hear from God. I think there's a lot of women that are like, I don't really know what that means or feels like, or are you sure? Because I'm just a normal girl and normal girls are not hearing from God. What do you say to them? I think you are hearing from God. I don't think you know you are. Mm, Okay. Tell me more. So I think that God is talking to us and we're not, we like don't have eyes to see or ears to hear it yet. Mm. We have a, a lot of voices in our heads and around us, especially with social media on the scene. And so I think it's like, okay, how bad do you want it? You know, fast from all the stuff that's cluttering your mind so much so that we're not sleeping well, right? We've got all this stuff circling in our brains. A lot of people I have, you know, we're struggling with sleep. There's too much stuff in our heads. I would say like, ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit. I want to know it's your voice. Mm. I tell you, men are the hardest to coach on hearing his voice Oh, tell me because more. they fight their lot. Like it's like logically, no, that's me. So whenever it's like a, a scripture or someone keeps coming to mind and I've got lots of people in my life, if they keep coming to mind, I'm going to give it to the Lord and not assume it's me. Mm. And I'm going to say, okay, Jesus, this person keeps coming to mind. What do you want me to do? And I sense text them. Okay. I'll text them. Right. So like, I'm not going to assume it's me. Yeah. When a scripture comes to mind, I'm not going to assume it's me. When a lot of people wake up with a worship song in their head, don't assume it's you. Mm. Start having a conversation with the Holy Spirit and say, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. You know? And so like, I think that is incredible when you start really just talking to the Lord Mm. and expecting answers. So like, you know, I'm a mom of a little bit, a little toddler. So like, it's called bullet point journaling at this point, but it's like, okay, Jesus, this keeps coming to mind. I've got like three minutes or I'm in the shower. Okay. What do you want to talk to me about? You know, like, and I'm just trying to record it because I'm going to forget. Yeah. He doesn't, but I'm like, I have so much fun. I once was at a hearing God conference and they were like, okay, next time you hear your beep beep that someone texted you or your phone's ringing, ask the Holy Spirit who it is. And I was like, Ooh, I like that. And you just start like, he'll get you and him on the same page. It's not on you. 
It's not on me. Praise God. He's going to do 90% of the work. It's just you saying, I'm hungry to know it's your voice, not to go do all this crazy stuff, but it's honestly just for intimacy and friendship Mm. with you. And then if you lead me to heal someone in your name, amen. But like, I just want to know that you're with me every day. And that Jamie, that is what cultivates faith. That's Mm. what it like makes faith have like something tangible we can hold on to. And that's, I mean, Jesus has told me multiple times right here. I want you to move mountains with me. Okay. Mm. So that means you got to listen. Okay. Okay. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Okay. Take out all the blocks, take out all the blocks. So there's certain seasons where I'm like seriously off social media, which is very hard to do, but that's a huge block for me. And so I, Hope that answered something. It does answer. And, you know, I think about friends that I know and even my own personal life. Sometimes the blocks for us can be just like fear, like fear of I'm going to get this wrong or fear of maybe I don't have the gift of hearing from God, which is not a gift because we have the Holy Spirit and God's word is really clear about what the Holy Spirit does for us. But this fear of I don't think it will work for me or Natalia sounds like so much more spiritual than me. I have a fear. And I think that's what gets in the way of so many people is they're just afraid. They're just afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of either what will happen or what won't happen. Honestly, I agree with you. Honestly, I've had people coach me, you know, I've had mentors, you know, through the years. And so like that has helped. Yeah. (laughs) But the book that I love and I teach from, I don't teach it's hit their material, but I like facilitate is Mark and Patty Verkler. It's called four keys to hearing God's voice. And they're come from my background, which is Baptist Mm -hmm. and Baptists are the chosen frozen, right? Like it's like, (laughs) we are, and we're proud of it. My dad, very proud of it. Like my family members in Argentina, proud of it. And so he took a year off. His story is crazy. I don't even want to ruin it. But that book is so practical, so tangible, so not in the clouds, so like has like hands and feet to Mm -hmm. hearing God's voice. I would say go through that book with a few people and practice even his like experiences or, you know, go do that, you know, but it's just such a good foundational, even biblically on how God speaks to us. And I really believe like, as I've seen so many people walk away from Jesus growing up in Christian schools and then now in Christian ministry in college world, I mean, the ratio is so sad for people who grew up in the church that 90% of them, this is a 20 year old stat. So I don't even know what it's at, but 90% of people walk away from the Lord by the time they're 19 sophomores in college. Mm. And I'm like, but if they had been hearing from God, if I had been taught this, cause mm. I learned it at 25 if I had been doing, I might not have done what I've done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. his voice, you do a lot to protect it. Mm. So it's like, you can't be a gossip in the church and then hear like, I want to hear Jesus. You're going to be very torn. And so it's like, you live a life of like, wait, 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 I don't want to block him. I want to hear him. So like, it's just, and then also it's accountability, but also it's like so ridiculously fun. Like you're experiencing God. And it's not like this, like religion that my parents raised me up and I went to church all the time, but I experienced Jesus as a 13 year old. I experienced Jesus as like, and so I'm like teaching 80 year old women how to hear God. Mm. It's so fun. Okay. I'm going to get that book because I'm really interested in that for sure. Yes. She said, get out the chat room and clean my Bad, stretch, feeling fine, so fresh. 
Glad Girl Group coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex Drawstring Trash Bags featuring Pine Sol Original Scent. And that's better than all good. It's all Glad. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I want to switch gears a little bit. You mentioned the study that you brought up and I've heard some more recent stats that would say things and and I won't try to say a stat because I'll butcher it, but said things like a lot of people are leaving church now, not because they're leaving their faith or they even want to leave God, but they're leaving because of the way they've seen Christians acting. And we've seen that a lot in the past couple of years. We've seen a lot of, you look around and you're like, that is not seem Christ-like. And you wear this cross or you have this badge of, I'm a follower of Jesus. And we see that they're not acting Christ-like. And one of the ways that we've seen that Natalia, over the last you know couple of years, has been with race within the church and even with different religions within our world. And I know that you have a really big heart for talking about the intimacy with Jesus and how God made us all different ethnicities for a purpose and for a reason. And it's beautiful. And there's so much you know bridge building and learning that can be happening in the church. And so I would love to hear from you about what you've seen. Let's talk positive here. This is what I would really love to hear because I can tend to yeah. focus on the negative about how things have felt. What are you seeing, especially in your work with college kids, with the idea of race and how people are understanding the ethnicities that God's created and the way that the church has even dealt with this in the past couple of years? Honestly, we both know it hasn't been pretty in some ways. And so what are some good things that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think sadly, churches that do talk about race are put under like the category of progressive or whatever. And I don't think, I just think we should be talking about race in church because it's in the Bible. But the problem is, is like our teachers of the Bible don't know how to fill in or know how to bring in race in that context. So like take, for example, Luke 4, right? That's the foreshadowing of the cross, but they're wanting to kill Jesus in Luke 4 because he's talking about like Naaman, the Syrian, he's talking about the widow and basically like going through the history of how God has come through for the Gentile and how he's come for them too. And they want to kill him right in Luke 4. That's a total racial move. That's why Mm. is that he's not speaking about Israel coming, getting their like conquering era and they get to finally be on the top. That's what the Messiah they want. But he's talking about a Messiah who's going to bring cultures together who's going to help the Jew cross to the Gentile and vice versa. And that is super angering to them. Mm. I'm not sure 2000 something years later, we're that different because we don't know how to cross over. But what I love about thinking about race in such a positive way is it doesn't get erased when we die. Like Mm. in heaven, he's still calling tribes and nations and tongues. So it's like, oh, I'm not just going to become this like non 
ethnic person right. when I get to heaven. And he loves ethnicities. He loves it. He created it. He loves it. And so it's like, man, we've lost that. So like my eternal perspective is I'm going to be worshiping alongside, I hope every race, culture, tribe, all of it. So it's like when God asks me to go to Africa, when God asks me to go to the Middle East, I'm going to go because those are my future brothers and sisters, yeah. right? Those yeah. are my brothers and sisters now, mm-hmm. but in heaven long-term, this is very short time. Those are my like everyday, all day people. Yeah. We're going to be best friends. We are best friends. So it's like, I got to practice that now. And so like what I get to do in my work is partly talk about ethnic identity. Like my mom raised, was fully Armenian and she thought she was Latina for a long time because she married a Latino man. And I was like, no, I mean, they weren't raised with maybe the baby boomers. I don't know. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. Some of them would told me they, I wasn't raised with racial mm-hmm. awareness mm-hmm. and I want it to be colorblind. And I don't believe in colorblind because Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity are not about colorblind. So I can't be behind that. I'm about Ooh, let me celebrate what your culture, who you are, how you connect with Jesus. Yeah. Right. So like I went to Africa a few times, God opened those doors. And I mean, their church service is three hours long and they are dancing for like two hours and 30 minutes of it. And now I'm a lot more of a dancer. Yeah. Was I before? Not really. (laughs) And so it's like, you know, you just kind of, you're like, God, what do you want to teach me? What do I want to grab hold of? So we get to work with college students on their ethnic identity, not being trying to be something they're not, or not trying to just, I'm just a Christian period. Grace is all over. Jesus talks about it himself with the Jew and the Gentile specifically. When he goes to the Seraphonician woman, who's modern day is now Lebanon. When he crosses over those 11, 12 miles from Israel to Lebanon, that my goodness gracious, he just went for that woman and he just went for a Gentile. And they're like, what? (laughs) The disciples, can you imagine? We walked all this way for her and for a Gentile. Like, Yeah, it's so beautiful too. And I think that so many times here in our American brain, we can get lost on the, what you said that was so beautiful about this, all of the tribes and tongues. All of them will be together in heaven, praising Jesus forever. We'll be doing that. And I love conversations and I love people like you who are committed to the work of helping people see and understand the beauty behind God creating everybody different and celebrating different cultures and celebrating different ethnicities. Because it really is beautiful when we can start to understand the different people and how they even worship. You mentioned, you know, going to Africa. And that's been one of my favorite things has been to see in other cultures as they worship Jesus, because you realize, wow, we're a lot more alike than I ever thought that we were because we're praising the same king. We get to do that together. Another thing that I know that you have a, a heart for that I believe is a struggle for some Christians and you have a heart for Muslim people. And mm-hmm. I would love to hear from you of where this started and what this looks like for you and just really what your prayer is as you journey alongside friends that are different in this way with you. Yeah, I'm a champion for Christians and Muslims becoming friends. It starts back in Genesis. It starts with Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac. I believe it's gonna end with similarity. By 2050, there will be more Muslims than Christians. By 2035, we're going to be at the same. We've always been the majority in the world. So I do believe it's important for us to know how to interact, how to love. And then going over to the Middle East, I've gone to a few different countries, recognizing that Islam is not, Islam, a third of it is Christianity, theology that Muhammad, the prophet kind of got. So there's a monotheistic God, right? Like just one God. He was calling them out of multiple gods to this one God. 
and it's Allah. And so they're praying five times a day to encounter God. They don't have the security of salvation. You know, when Jesus says, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. They don't have that. Mm. They want to be a servant to Allah, to be chosen by Allah. That's hard that they're trying to one-up each other in a sense, or there's like a competition in my life to become the best believer. And we have grace and we have the Holy Spirit's help. And like, we have intimacy with Jesus. And so it's like, honestly, there's so much in common with Muslims, so much. And they have such a devout, if they're devout, they're just so committed. And, you know, there's some differences, absolutely. But I'm just like, wow, I really, God broke my heart. It was a total God transformation. God broke my heart for them. And I was just like, I want to see these people in heaven. And so just praying for them, learning their culture, learning about Ramadan, learning about just like, what do they hold so sacred, which is the Quran and their family, you know? And so it's just, they're beautiful people and they're beautiful and they're passionate and, you know, the terrorists are, but they're like a very small segment, right? Like we've all got the fundamentalists. You have the fundamentalists of every religion. But like for the majority of the part, I have close friends that are Muslim. I love them. It's just so talking about God. Mm -hmm. They're so hungry. Everybody's hungry. Yeah, We're all hungry. We're all human and we're all created to hunger for him. So it all started, you know, back in 2012. So almost 10 years of going and being in Muslim countries and being a minority of a minority as it were less than 2% as Christians there. And, but yeah, learning how much God is actually getting to their heart, but through dreams and through miracles. So if anything, I would just say as a Christian, just start praying for them. God, would you have them encounter you in a dream? Would you have them encounter every Muslim I met? I would ask, did you have dreams with this? Yeah, I've, I've dreamed with Jesus. Jesus is a prophet. I love Jesus, right? But then that's why Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And they're like, is he a prophet? Is he Elijah? Is he Moses? No, he is the Messiah. That's the line in the sand. And so right now he's a prophet to them. Just mm-hmm. pray them all to the finish line. Mm. pray them over, pray them to faith. And it's a spiritual thing. And so like, pray, if you see in the news, instead of getting scared, just pray for them and be like, let them encounter you, Jesus, through some real ways. I met some friends who used to be Muslim, but like their child was saved through a massive fever. And Jesus came into the child's room and touched the child because the mom had been in there and it was like, they didn't have money to go to the hospital. It's like 104 fever. It's like almost, you know, really scary. And Jesus walks in the mom left the room for a second. She comes back and the baby's completely fine. No fever. Everything's gone. And she's like, what happened? And the baby's like, he said, a man in white came and he healed me and says he loves me. And I mean, just the whole family comes to faith. Like those kinds of things we could pray for this side. We don't need a passport to pray. Just pray for them. And those things are happening. I mean, I was just at a conference in this past spring with If Gathering and my friend Jenny interviewed a pastor of an underground church in the Middle East. And it is booming. And I mean, people getting saved left and right. And a lot of them through dreams, just like you said, God is moving in people's hearts through ways that seem very unconventional to us, but that feels so, so just weird and out there. But there are story after story after story of Jesus showing up in people's dreams. And I love what you said that we don't need a passport to pray these things, that these are things that we as American Christians can be praying for 
people around the world because, I mean, it gives me chills and makes me emotional as well. Is like, is God wants these people to know him. He yeah. wants them to know Jesus, not as a prophet, but Jesus as Messiah. And he hears the prayers of his people. And man, there's so many organizations that are doing great things. And I'm thankful that you're talking about this with us because like you said, so many people, and it probably has to do with a lot of things that have happened in our country in the past 20 years of just having a fear of people who are Muslim other than loving them and seeing them for who they are. And I think that has been something that the American church has not done well in the past 20 years. And I'm speaking since 9-11 because I think that's when there was a shift. And I could be wrong. I'm no expert on this subject, but I love that you're encouraging us to love instead of fear. Yeah. Fear, you know, as you pray, your heart starts changing. So Mm -hmm. I really think it all comes down to praying and it's just like little prayers. And then I mean, there's so many great books out there of people who were once, you know, in the religion and have, you know, have come to Jesus or they call themselves a Muslim who loves Jesus. That's, that's one of my favorites. It's like, they don't leave their culture because they want Jesus to come into their culture. Um, They're still at the mosque believing and loving Jesus as they're, and they're praying out to Jesus. It's just incredible what God's doing. But when I get to heaven, I want him to, you know, to just go like you, you know, with you were fearful. I was absolutely fearful, especially from my background with the genocide of my family, super fearful. But, but the Lord's like, instead of dealing with fear, you went into that challenge with me and I got to totally revolutionize your heart so much so that you're such a lover of that, of this people group. And I just feel like the Lord can transform our fears you know, all of them, you know, Psalm 34, four and five, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears, not some, a few, all, and he took away my shame and I'm radiant. so that's, I butchered half of it, but there you go. Psalm 34 and five. You know, we talked about faith though, moving mountains and it's not, you know, it could be a literal mountain, but it's usually not. And I'm even hearing you say like how God transformed your heart, even through that trip. And I'm like, man, Because of your faith, God moved mountains in your heart that led you to love instead of fear. And those are the kind of things that he does for us as he can change our heart of stone and turn it into love. And it's a beautiful picture. If you know of any books, you have to tell me now, but if we get done chatting, you're like, okay, you should tell your listeners about this book of this conversion of this man. Face to face. Face to face. Face to face with Jesus. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will put that in our show notes. One woman I'm entering right now is like, I can't handle this book. I'm about to throw it. It's like a page turner. I can't give you uh, all the details online. Um, she changes her name and everything. She's our age. She's in her 40s, early yeah. 40s. Uh-huh. I'm going to look it up to make sure I got the right one. Face to face with Jesus. Uh, was Muslim now a follower of Jesus? She was um, killed. And then the Lord brings her. It's in a bombing because she was a Muslim background believer. I'm going to order this book right now. Yep. Face to face with Jesus. Sama Habib. That's not her real name, but she can't even tell you the country she's in. And I probably shouldn't say it. But anyways, this is it. I'm showing it to you on the phone, but it's so good. And how she encounters Jesus through like basically a civil war. It's okay, so good. I'm going to read this book. I love this so much. Get out the chat room and clean my Glad Girl Group coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex Drawstring Trash Bags featuring Pine Salt Original Scent. And that's better than all good. It's all Glad.
If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. All right, Natalia, I love to ask people, what are they loving and what are they reading? So what are you loving these days and what are you reading? Okay, this is going to be cheesy because I have no, to No, it's not do cheesy. It. I gave you a lot of the books, um, but I do a lot of World War II books. Um, even Daniel Steele or whatever. I'm not going to mention that, but yeah, why not? <laughs> I just love like spy, you know, those kinds of, um, but World War II. I do like Priscilla Shire's Gideon. I love, but I mean- Honestly, what's helped me through the pandemic in terms of humor wise, because I had a hard year with my family with COVID is like the mask singer. Mm-hmm. You I love like, it. I love that show. There I you go. It. They did my 40th off the mask singer. One of my best friends threw me in for it, where all of them got in there for two hours with on zoom with masks <gasps> and oh, like, fun. isn't that fun? And so like, I just love like the voice, you know, like mm-hmm. music, basically I love yeah. music, love worship. And so that's been a huge thing, but you know, stuff that keeps it light because the world's pretty serious, you know, right now. And so yeah. things that are light. So I guess World War II is totally World War light. II and the voice. Totally right there. <laughs> I love it. Um, this has been such a joy to chat with you. And I have a feeling we could have chatted for another hour, but thank you for your work. Thank you for your book. We'll make sure we link it and it's beautiful and inside and out. And I'm so grateful for the work that you and the others put into that. And really just thank you for encouraging us to have faith, to believe that God can do big things, follow him wherever he's put us and to pray big prayers. I think that's one of the things I really enjoy today is to hear you talk about that as well. So thank you for joining us. Yes. Thanks for having me. You guys, what a great conversation that we had. And I love when she said, you don't have to have a passport to pray. And what a reminder of how we can really, really pray that God's word would spread to all the nations, to all the tribes, to all the tongues. Again, I'll remind you, we put a link for everything that we talk about in the show notes. Um, If you're wanting to see the video I talked about from If Gathering, we linked it there. I highly recommend watching that. I also want to tell you that I asked her about college students. You know, she said she worked with college kids for a long time. And I asked her a question about what she would want to say to college students today and how she can encourage them. And that is over on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Jamie Ivey and you will see the conversation that we had about encouraging college students right where they are. Guys, Friday's guest is going to be great. Louis Giglio is joining us. I'm super excited about you hearing this conversation. And I know you're going to be encouraged and pointed to Jesus the whole time. Speaking of college kids, you guys, if you're looking for a gift for the college girl in your life. Can I recommend my book, UBU? Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think. It's all about being the person, the girl that God has created you to be and using those gifts to serve those around you. In the YouTube video that you should go watch where we talk about college kids, we talk about how so often you're looking and saying, what am I supposed to do with my life? Which way am I supposed to go? And she has such great advice. So please send your college girls to see that video. But also if you're interested in the book, UBU, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Today's show is edited by the team at Podshaper. 
The music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Abby Castell, and the whole thing is put together and produced by Lindsay Sweeney. I'm your host, Jamie Ivey, and I'm so grateful that you spent this day with me, whenever it is. And I hope that you were encouraged, and I hope you were pointed to Jesus, and I hope that your prayer life is stronger and your faith is bigger. And let me tell you, Natalia is a real deal because when we finished recording, she said, can I pray for you? And I said, of course. And her prayers brought me to tears as she interceded on my behalf. So thank you, Natalia, for that time with me that was so personal and intimate. But I tell you that only to say this woman loves Jesus. And I know that that came through in the show today. Guys, enjoy your week. Have a happy out with a friend. And I'll see you on Friday with my friend, Louis Giglio. Coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex Drawstring Trash Bags featuring Pine Sol Original Scent. And that's better than all good. It's all Glad.